Detected proudly presents Zombology Part 2. Welcome back to Podcast Detected Presents Zombology. This is episode two. This is the second part of my amazing conversation that I had with Christopher about all things zombies, zombology. In our last episode, we talked about zombie movies, zombie media, all, all that sort of thing. And now we get more into the idea of what happens if an actual zombie apocalypse happens. What kind of problems do we find ourselves confronted with? And uh, yeah, we had a very interesting conversation. Uh, there's going to be more in the next episode. But for now, please enjoy our episode called um, Chris and Liz don't really know how plumbing works. Or I give it a shorter name. I don't know yet. Maybe I will just call it Global Logistics because having plumbing in the title is maybe not as scrapping. Anyway, enjoy! So, now we've talked about zombies. What do we do if a zombie apocalypse happens? What are the, the problems that we would have to think about, the aspects that would become important in, in a case like this? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start answering by telling you a story. I was at a uh, something of a party many, many years ago, and uh, I, I mentioned my interest in zombies, and, and the gentleman I was talking to said, oh, great, this is one of my favorite games. He says, a zombie bursts in the door right now. What's the first weapon you grab? How, how are you going to survive? And my answer to him was, well, here's the thing. If I'm sitting here and a zombie bursts in the door, I've already lost. I mean, I'm I, I'm already put myself I've already put myself in more danger than I should have to, to to even begin with. Preparation is the key to surviving any kind of crisis, uh, and that that that's physical preparation, uh, you know, materials and and uh, and exercise. Uh, obviously, this is an exercise type of podcast, so I'm gonna I'm gonna plug that for just a few minutes. But there's also mental preparation. Uh, there's the idea that, uh, you know, you need to be mentally prepared for things to go down at any minute. Uh, checking the news on a regular basis, learning to read between the lines. Uh, my, my very first seminar, uh, this, the, the, the timing was absolutely ideal for this. I was uh, talking about a news story that I had read uh, concerning a, a patient in Africa who had been stricken with some kind of hemorrhagic fever. And he died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital, but not before infecting the nurse who was in the back of the, the ambulance with him, uh, who then died later on at the hospital. I said, now, if I was just a little more paranoid, 
I could see this as being patient zero. You know, this this is the very first one. This is the zombie that bites the nurse. The nurse gets to the hospital and dies, and she infects the doctor, and then and boom, you know, Africa is overrun by zombies. Uh, obviously, it was more funny to the to the people I was speaking with, uh, and, and that was my intent. But uh, just being aware of your surroundings. Um, I I live in in Oklahoma, and I'm about an hour north of a a very big city. Uh, obviously, if something were to go down, I would be at a very big disadvantage just due to population density. Um, you know, the the important thing would be to to get out and to get somewhere with uh, with less likelihood of running into a, a horde of you know several thousand undead. So preparation is is the absolute most important thing. And and, and it's, as as fun as this is, as, as fun as it is to talk about. Uh, zombie survival and all these various things this is this is key stuff for surviving a real crisis um, several years ago uh, in the united states uh you you may recall hurricane katrina oh i um, do yes <clears throat> that was that was a nasty situation and we're we're still recovering from that but uh, nobody well i won't say nobody a lot of people were not prepared for that and I, the the memory is still burned into my brain, of just gridlock, uh, cars just sitting still on these freeways. They they just weren't moving, because everybody panicked at the last minute. Everybody tried to get out of town, and because of that last minute panic, nobody got anywhere. Uh, if they had been prepared ahead of time, maybe paying attention to the weather forecast, and maybe taking just a little bit of a chance. They could have gotten out long before any of this would have would have ever gone down. Now, I'm I'm not trying to criticize anybody for that situation. That was a terrible situation. One I'm very thankful I did not find myself in. I'm I'm, I'm simply trying to use that as as an example. Um, you know, we just an, anticipating something awful like that, being prepared ahead of time. You know, just just having those things ready to go and and not waiting until the last minute. I've I've said for years that. If it wasn't for people acting like there was a crisis, there would be very few crises. You know, we, we cause most of those problems ourselves. So you talked about transportation, like uh, the, car, the, the roads were blocked because everybody tried to get out. Do you think, because I, I, I get the feeling that in a situation like this, Americans are at such a disadvantage because you are so much more dependent <laughs> on on your cars not not only actually you depend on them more but i think there is a mindset that a car is the the best way to to get around while i would absolutely agree with that yes i'm 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 29 years old and i've never owned a car i don't even have a car and most of my friends don't have cars because we don't need them. N not to say that uh, public transport would be much more would would be better in a case like that because like mm -hmm. a, a bus won't help you get away. <laughs> but I think a lot of people would not even think about taking their cars in a situation like that. Where I come from, I think most of us would try to get away by bike or on foot because. Yeah, that's that's you have way better chances that way. Very much so. Uh, I 
that's I guess I hadn't really thought about it in in those terms, but the idea that there is a mindset that you know every 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 American has to have two cars in the driveway uh you know i I hadn't really put it in in those words, but i I think you're very correct Liz I think that's uh that's part of the uh American dream uh you know you home ownership and you have a car and you take it everywhere you go um and we could get into a whole lot of psychology there that I won't bore you with. <laughs> But in a in a situation like that, uh, I mean, it's in a in a freeway where the cars are move aren't moving. It's it's like a zombie buffet, you know. They just go through and pick what they want and ignore what they don't. Um, I'll, I'll I'll tell you a story that happened uh, many many years ago. Um, I was coming back from uh, from a, from a city about about six hours from from where I live, and it was blizzard conditions, very poor driving conditions. Was driving very very slowly, and I saw an individual walking on the on the freeway, flagging me down, waving me down. And so I pulled up to him, and, and I rolled my window down. He said, "There's a terrible wreck ahead of you. There are three. Uh, we we call them semi trucks in the United States. I guess you might call them lorries or, or what, what have you. Uh, and they had uh, basically just all three of them had collided. Uh, my vehicle sat in the same spot." For seven hours. Oh no! It uh, that was a very very long day. <laughs> I imagine. Yes, uh, that was uh, that's but that's that's a perfect example. I mean, if you've got if you've got a, an accident, a, a collision ahead of you, uh, especially in those icy, terrible driving conditions, what are you going to do? I mean, you you can't get out and 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 drive through the country in your vehicle. But if you're on a bicycle or if you're on foot, uh, you have so many more mobility options, uh, especially running. You know, I mean, even even walking, you can probably outpace uh, the the average zombie. But I mean, if you've got some place to get, then obviously running or biking uh, will be a much preferable option. I, I guess a bike is is a good idea because you can put stuff in the back. It allows you to transport things. That you don't have to carry, like an additional backpack or a um, sleeping bag or an additional, like a few bottles of water, but you don't have to carry them on your bag. So I, I whenever I thought about what, what would I do in the zombie apocalypse, I never for a second considered getting into a car because for me that was like, that's a death trap. <laughs> If you are out of the city, sure. If there's a freeway and and nobody's there, great. But first you have to get out of the city. So for me, I always thought a motorbike, motorbike would be great. A boat, if you live somewhere close to water or to a river, that might be a good idea because maybe zombies can't swim. I don't know. But also, yeah, a bike was always my first idea. I, I used to do a lot of biking before I before I started running. Um, biking was easier. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit lazier back in those days. And I used to bike, uh, you know, 100, 150 miles a week. <gasps> I'd, I'd come home from work, and I there's there's actually a bike trail. Uh, it was it's an it's an old railroad that that this group had demolished and turned into a into an asphalt uh, paved over bike trail and it's literally about a block from my house 
So I would come home from a, from a stressful day at work, change clothes, put on my helmet and gloves, and I'd go out and I'd ride 15 miles. Come home, I'd feel great. Uh, you know, I'd have my iPod, I'd be listening to whatever music caught my fancy that day. And it, it occurred to me very often that in the event of, of something going down like that, a bicycle would be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic for getting around. Uh, one, of the, one of the benefits of a bicycle over a motorbike uh, would be that you can easily pick it up and carry it. True. Also, uh, a bike doesn't require fuel. Exactly. And it doesn't make, if you keep it, if, 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 if you make sure it's in, in good shape, then it also doesn't make a lot of sound. But especially the fuel thing is, is a big advantage, I'd say. Those are, those are both excellent points, uh, the, the lack of fuel and, uh, and the lack of sound. And going back to what we talked about as far as uh, other people being a threat as well, any, any sound you can avoid making when you're traveling through what possibly could be a very public area, so much the better. Uh, if, if no one knows you're there, then you don't have to worry about fighting or, or running away or, or anything else that may come up. So those are, those are both great points, Liz. Also, if you find shelter somewhere, you can take the bike with you into the room or up, upstairs where you're staying. Um, carrying a motorbike is, is more dif difficult, <laughs> so you might have to hide it. Right. And then it might get stolen. So I'm just saying bikes are amazing. <laughs> I agree. I absolutely agree. I, uh, I used to work for a hotel many, many years ago, and uh, we would have uh, guests was the term that we used. They would often bring or you know, ride in on their bicycles, and they would just take the bicycles to the room with them. And I, you know, no one thought anything of that. So oh, if wow. they would have brought their, brought their motorcycles in, uh, <laughs> that, that would have been a little bit different. So, <laughs> so, so let's talk about fuel for a second. I'm, sure. I'm, not, I'm not an expert on how... how the whole fuel thing and gas station thing work works because mm -hmm. like i said i don't own a car <laughs> i don't really care but gas stations you have to deliver fuel to the gas station yeah. so if there are no more people to do that then sooner or later the gas stations will be useless as well correct yeah you're you're getting into the the area of uh, of global logistics Which is, a, which is a fancy word for saying, where does my stuff come from? Uh, one of the questions I used to ask people at, at, at my seminars is, the, the shirt that you're wearing, where was that shirt made? And of course, no one had any idea. And so I would have them look at the tags, you know, made in China, made in Taiwan, made in wherever it was made. I said, okay, what about the materials that that shirt was made from? The, the cotton, the polyester, the whatever they make shirts out of. Where did that come from? You know, I, I don't think it came from the same place it was actually assembled at. And you're you're getting into the area, and there's a whole another podcast we could do on on just that alone. Uh, specific to, uh, to to gas stations, to to refueling stations. Uh, yes, that's uh, that's something we see on a regular basis. And when I when I fuel up my vehicle, uh, a, a tank truck filling up the the underground tanks at the, at the gas station. Um, even further than, than that, as far as problems in a zombie apocalypse, the fuel pumps, at least as I understand it, 
require electricity. So oh, if, yeah. the, if the national infrastructure has gone down, if there's no electricity, I mean, other than just opening the fuel tank and hoping you have a long enough hose, that, that fuel is going to sit in the ground doing absolutely nothing. It would be impossible to get that out. I never thought of that, but of course, a fuel a gas station requires electricity to work. Mm-hmm. How how do they do that in all those zombie movies? Maybe they just sift gas from other cars. Maybe that would help you for a while. Well, there's a there's a very strict rule. Uh, I, I'm not sure many people know about this, but there there's a law that says anything in a movie has to be absolutely true to life. They they can't do anything that's that's not correct. So. <laughs> so talking about electricity if we don't have any electricity that would also mean probably no no running water no heating no central heating anymore so that's a bummer there's a lot of stuff that would not work <laughs> I, I had an experience with that actually uh, several years ago we had a, a very bad ice storm uh, basically the part of Oklahoma I lived in was, was without power. Uh, my home was without power for seven days, I think. Uh, no electricity whatsoever. Now, I was, I was lucky in that my home was heated by, by gas. I, I have a gas furnace. So we were, we were actually quite warm. Um, the, the plumbing, I'm going to be really honest with you, Liz, I don't know how that all works. I, I just know I turn on the tap, water comes out, uh, something to do with magic gnomes that live inside the pipes, I think. That's, that's how that works. Uh, we were actually quite comfortable. Uh, other people were not as lucky as we were, and we, we took warm food to, to our neighbors and that sort of thing. Uh, but I, I will say that was one of the most relaxing seven days I've spent in a long time. Uh, you you would walk out on on the porch, and you could hear absolutely nothing. It was perfectly beautifully quiet, uh, and even even inside the home, things you just take for granted uh, the the motor of your refrigerator, uh, the, the the sound of a ceiling fan, all these things that are just part of your everyday life that you don't even think about. During that seven day period, was, there was nothing, with the exception of my of my furnace. So nice, so quiet. We, we've become so accustomed to constant noise. Constantly something making noise or trying to get our attention that when that noise goes away, we don't know what to do. That was part two of Podcast Detected Presents Zombology. Thank you so much for listening. Big thanks to Christopher for sitting down and having that conversation with me. Also, big thanks to my fellow people in Akamshack for being so patient with me. I know uh, you are probably all waiting for the Veronica McShell episode that we actually wanted to do, but um, work got a little bit busy and I wanted to record that episode, so I don't know, crazy stuff. Anyways, it doesn't matter. The Veronica McShell episode is coming up soon so thanks for being so patient big thanks also to black flamingo because they wrote our theme song zombie i mean they did not write it for us but they wrote it and they're letting us use it so that's kind of cool as always you can find us on tumblr 
You can find us on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook. It's always podcast detected, so that's very easy to remember. And uh, yes, tune in for our next episode, which hopefully is going to be the Veronica Mixell episode. Well, I don't wanna, I don't wanna promise anything, but it probably will be. Okay, that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening. Don't let the zombies get you. Make sure your bike still works, just in case. And as always, stay safe out there. <laughs>